You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Great to have your company. Cancel games are back. Christmas is coming fast, but still lots of football to discuss. And to help me, bonus notches to my co-host, VIG. Bonus notches. How was your week away? Very good. Bit of sun, bit of surf, uh, good food, a little bit to drink. Very nice. Mate, uh, what else can you ask for? That was perfect. So back in the football stakes or back in the football talk... A-League's finalised a deal worth $140 million with Silver Lake obtaining a 33% stake in the competition. Will they spend it? What does this do for the game? Look, money in the game is always a good thing. Um, it's just what you do with that money. You know, that's, that's the next step now. They've, they've got to make the most of it. They need to reinvest that back into the game. Um, you know, do all, do all the correct things to grow and improve the game. So that's $140 million, none of that went towards your Byron trip? Oh, just a little bit, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I could have done with that 140 million. Some of the places went for dinner. That's it. Yeah, I know. It's hard. It's hard getting in, and then once you get in, you wish you hadn't. Yeah, you, you want to turn around. Royalty menu. Royalty. Robbie wrote. Uh, Robbie Slater wrote an article last week saying that each of these uh, A League clubs need about five million each to put into some marquees, some uh, star players to get bums back on seats. And I suppose it's just like anything, right? If you start watching Netflix, you stop going to the movies. If you during COVID, you stop going to the games and you're watching it on the box, then there's a good chance you're not going to go out there and, and, and pay to watch. And that means they're not getting gate takings and not getting money you know, through the door on food. So the $140 million, should be spent straight away on these marquee players, as Robbie suggested, or would you wait and, and have, a, I suppose, a more a better look at the league and work out where they need to spend it first? Yeah, look, I think they need to work out where they need to spend it first. But, um, you know, we, we do need marquee players in, in the league and we need to uh, attract players. We, you know, players are going to the MLS, they're going to... Um, some of them going back to Brazil now. You know, think of players like Polinho, who's, who's played in uh, the Premier League, gone and played in, Chi- in the Chinese Super League, free agent. You know, we should be attracting these kind of players and, you know, to attract the, uh, a player of that caliber, you need to pay him. You need to pay him to come here. Yeah, they're going to enjoy the lifestyle and it's a great place to um, to live, but they still need to earn a living and they need to be rewarded for their their football skills. I think it's great for the game, but uh, obviously depending on how they spend it, but uh, I'm also interested to see how much influence Silver Lake have over how the money's spent what's done with it and so on and we just i think there's a space that we just have to watch um an a-league first as steve correcker and nick montgomery sit in a press conference together last week uh when the mariners uh touched up sydney fc good idea good for the game good for the coaches what are your thoughts have them sitting next to each other yeah having them sitting next to each other and look it, it didn't look it obviously goes good, to good show for the winning coach but it, it may, goes, maybe not for the losing coach it goes to show though that they asked the first question to nick montgomery and then the next five to correcta so it wasn't about the game it was about previous cv previous history and so on because montgomery just sat there with his arms crossed after his team had just towed sydney fc 2-0 so he should have been the one answering questions not sitting there shaking and nodding his head along to a one-on-one with steve correcta but uh would you continue with that or would you just say experiment uh, fail Experiment fail. Okay. I'll keep them separate. You don't, you don't want to be sitting next to the opposition coach after you've just played against them, especially if you've lost. So 
Experiment failed. No, no go for me. The FFA Cup, Phoenix East past Av- uh, Avondale. Tomorrow, the quarterfinals get underway. Arpia get another chance to be giant killers against the Mariners. So I think uh, the Central Coast will be a little bit nervous. Yeah, I think they'll be they'll be rocking up to uh, know that, that uh, this has happened twice before with Arpia, and uh, Arpia make a big deal about going into the Cup and making sure they do well. So it could could be a bit of a pitfall for them. And then Wednesday, Sydney play the Raw, City up against the Phoenix, and then Adelaide play the winner of Gold Coast uh, Knights and Victory. But I'm not sure when that game is being played. But uh, we are getting down to the business end. And, you know, it's it's good to try and get your hands on some silverware for confidence, especially if, uh, you know, someone like Adelaide, the Phoenix, the Raw, who are all at the wrong end of the A-League table at the moment. Yeah, they, they need to win and, and they need to get that winning mentality back, that winning culture back at their clubs. So um, any win's a good win and you're only as good as your last game. So you carry that form over into the league, it's going to be beneficial for them. Are you only as good as your last show too? Is that is that our motto? That's the motto. <laughs> <laughs> Player escape room. We it's will. a low bar though. It's yeah, a low bar. It is. It's the old limbo stick when we were probably five years of age or I was. So um, yeah. Player escape room. We, we welcome to the show former Newcastle United and Wellington Phoenix star Stephen Taylor who's now over in Dubai. Um, and we will ask his thoughts on um, has he enjoyed watching uh, Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix that will be an interesting, interesting. one I think but he's, uh, got, he's got a better tan than me at the moment so he does and it's good. definitely something that uh, I want to ask him before we, we let him escape the show um, no room in the FIFA Pro World uh, 11 for Mo, Mo Salah so it was already a disgrace I thought that he only came 7th in the Ballon d'Or but they've picked 23 players in this FIFA Pro World 11 and Salah can't get so amongst the best even, 8 strikers he's not even on the bench yeah, well, the thing is, okay, Messi nah. and uh, Lewandowski, maybe a few of those guys get in there before him on reputation, but Lukaku is there, uh, Haaland's got the nod over him. He's probably the best player in the world at the let's, moment, and they can't find yeah, a spot let, for him let, at all. Let's not be stupid. He, he is the best player in the world at the moment. So, you know, and that hurts me to say as a, as a Man United fan, but Mo Salah is the best player in the world right now. So whoever's picking these teams or picking these Ballon d'Ors at the moment has had too much Christmas eggnog even before we get to Christmas. I don't know what they've been. On. I don't know what they've been on, but whatever it is, yeah, they've had too much of it. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So on the ball makes its first appearance of the season. So Vig and I play a quiz to get to know the new stars of the A League, and there's also bragging rights up for grabs to know to to decide who knows more. Which there is. We've we've made it a little bit easier this year with multiple choice just to help you out a little bit because I it was just, unfair me winning everything last year. So it's definitely the bumpers for me. Like when you go bowling, this is having the yeah, bumpers yeah, up for put me. The bumpers up. So you got a one in four chance. Right? What about if we just put the bumpers up for me and you don't? You just have to bowl normal. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't like my chance of beating you, but, uh, mate, we get to learn some of these new players that have come into the league that uh, everyone wants to know a bit more about. And uh, my quick uh, synopsis of the, the round that just passed, Sydney get a mark in the win column, a cracker of a Melbourne derby, Glory and Raw getting some early Christmas shopping, Curtilus Bulls rise from the dead, and uh, Phoenix not enjoying the silly season. Phoenix are not rising, are they? No, they're not rising at all. But, uh, but yeah, no, pretty pretty fair summary. Uh, great Melbourne derby, had everything. So, um, yeah, looking forward to our And I didn't even it. mention uh, Western United, but I will in our first game of our Revolution Roundup. So um, on Friday, it was uh, Western United 1, Adelaide 0. It's, it's becoming a bit of a uh, played again, Sam, for Western United. They don't dominate the game. Adelaide had a lot more possession. They dominated most of the stats but the one that counts is they got three points and Adelaide got a big fat uh, kebab they got nothing so uh, Connor Payne scores a winner for a second week in a row and uh, he's working hard the same as everybody else is at uh, Western United at the moment and all the players they've brought in have not only performing but they're also 
put, putting pressure on the existing players or players from yep. last season, and they're all rising to the occasion too. So it's great things happening at Western United. Yeah, it looks like all, all the players they've brought in have, have bought into John Aloisi's plan. Um, they're all going. In, they're all pulling in the same direction. Uh, Leo Lacroix came back, he slotted into defence. I think uh, Topper Stanley went out to left back. Uh, you just got you got a lot of experience in that team, but they've got a good balance of young and old. Um, you know, your, your midfield. Look at the experience there: Diamante, Lustica, Kilkenny. I think Kilkenny's been massive influence on them. Um, and then up top, you got you know a bit of youth. You got Wenzel Hawes, Lockie Wales, and Connor Payne. All right, Connor Payne's a bit older now, but he, he, he won't mind me calling him a, a young gun. No, but he's got an old man's beard. He does, old man's so, beard. <laughs> plays like a young man. Old but, man's hairline, but, but uh, <laughs> he, scores, he scores goals. He's been scoring the winner and, you know, he's been playing really well. Western United are almost impossible to score against at the moment. Uh, so I think that's their fourth 1-0 win in a row. So they've only conceded on opening day against uh, victory in the derby. Oh. But with that said... They did concede. So um, LaCroix fouled Goodwin um, around halfway. Should have played on. Halloran then, uh, with a great finish, passed uh, the human force field, J- Jamie, uh, Jamie Young, and the referees called it back. So is it when you luck's in, you luck's in? At the moment, uh, unfortunately for Adelaide, they're not getting the bounce of the ball. Western United are riding their luck, and like I said, that would have changed the, probably the complexity and the outcome of the game, but instead it's called back, and uh, you get a you get a yellow card on halfway, which doesn't actually do anything for uh, for your team, to be honest. Yeah, look, We're not counting look, cards. You, you win some, you lose some. You know, we're talking about how these days the, the linesmen don't put their flag up straight away um, when, when there's an offside, and a clear and obvious offside, and we want the ref to blow the, put the flag goes up, blow the whistle straight away, stop play. You know, something like this happens, there's a tackle... The ref does blow the whistle straight away and we complain about it. We said, well, why don't you play on? We scored a goal. So, you know, they, they go both ways and West United are just playing, you know, some solid football at the moment and probably deserve the 1-0 victory. Yeah, indeed they did. So Mariners uh, on the Saturday, the first game of the – it was supposed to be a three-game uh, – Saturday weekend games, but unfortunately Perth Glory and Brisbane, like I said, uh, they were postponed and so they got a little bit of early Christmas shopping in. But uh, the first of the two games that were actually played was the Mariners up against the Wanderers. Mariners ran out 2-0 win- uh, winners. Mariners now with back-to-back home wins. Um, and for the Wanderers, uh, <laughs> enough ball, but they're creating very little at the moment. So it doesn't matter if you have all the ball. If you can't create chances and you don't take your chances, the best you're going to get out of the game is a nil-nil, right? So I think it works the opposite. You know, sometimes we say if you don't concede, you can't can't lose the game. But you also, if you can't score, you can't you win can't it. You can't win it. It's true. It's true. Look, oh, the, the Mariners were, were good. They weren't they weren't unreal, but they were good. They were solid. Um, I'll tell you what, Oli Bazanic is a huge player for them. You know, he controls controls that midfield. Um, scored a great free kick, kick at the end of the game. A Bazanic bomb in the captain's hundredth. So nice time to get game. one. He, look, he's, he's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time now. Um, you know, he, he's, he's thir- he'd be thirty two now, I think. Um, but I, I think for me, if he keeps playing like this for the rest of the season, I think you've got to get him back in the Socceroos squad. You need an older head there. He's been to a World Cup. Do you get commission? Because you seem to not only find these guys, but they do get picked. So are you, have I'm you got a direct route into Arnie or what's going on? I think a player like him, I, I think the Socceroos could benefit from having a player like him in the team. Yeah, old, old, Older head, um, very calm on the ball, good with the young boys. Um, you know, I, I, I would have him in there. Yeah, look, I can't see why not, but... Uh, yeah, like I said, it all comes down to what Arnie thinks he needs in the next phase of, uh, of our qualification. But uh, how important was Birigetti's, um save? So point blank, 1-0 up. 
Uh, they eventually, thanks to Bazanic, end up 2-0 winners. But uh, it could have changed the whole game yeah. if uh, they equalise there. Then they get maybe a little bit of confidence, um, you know, a bit of a wind in their sails. And then who knows what happens for the Wanderers. Yeah, that's, that's a massive, massive turning point in the game. You know, if they go one all there, it, you know, they, they, could, they could drop their bundle. Wanderers could come away with a win. We could be saying, you know, Western Sydney, what a, what a great victory. But now instead we're saying Western Sydney, absolute shambles. You know, one win in five games. Robbo's heads on the on the chopping block. Um, from what I've been reading on Twitter and and circulating around at the moment, um, there's bigger problems at the club from from the top down. From you know JT Sat, John Satsumas, Gavin Costello, and just a toxic environment at that club, and it's not looking good for them. Um, you know, Carl Robinson's had he's had his time now to weed out the the, the dead wood and bring in new players. But we're seeing the same results over and over again, same patterns of play. Um, nothing's really changing at that football club. Look, just before we move on. So, yeah, look, fair enough, there could be. And, and when you've got some credible sources coming out who have been very close to the, the Wanderers setup have come out and said that it, it's not just the coach, there's other problems there. But when you keep continually being able to go out and spend money, right, like the Wanderers have, and you bring in this year Tom Ahmed, you bring in some absolute quality to add to the players you already had, there's clubs out there like the Mariners who have had turmoil too, but they don't have the same budget to spend, but they still get results. So can that be an excuse? Okay, you might not be able to sit there and take happy snaps and smile and say everything's going great in Wanderers land, but with the quality of players you have, I don't care if they're torturing you before the game. You should be able to get results. Yeah, no, 100%. The, the squad that they have, um, the fan base they have, the facilities they have, that club should be at the top of Australian football. There's no doubt about it. Western Sydney is a hotbed for um for football in this country the, the most Socceroos players have come out of there um they need the the western sydney needs a, a club that is performing at a high level and they need to do it now otherwise heads need to roll that's that's the bottom line uh, moving on to a real derby so goals passion and desperation to win melbourne city two victory two uh, look, I had everything pretty much, even at the end having a, a red card to J-Mac, which I don't think anyone knows why. I don't think J-Mac knows. I don't know if, even know if the referee knows why. No, I don't think he does. So, look, for victory, unfortunately, they switched off a few, for a few minutes and it cost them, thanks to the dynamic duo of Newboots, Andrew Newboots and J-Mac. They strike again. Tilio also was really good. So, as I said previously, I think he's something that they're missing, and that's no disrespect to Leckie, but uh, at the moment, I think they need to find a space for all those guys. For me, Leckie's a midfielder. He's not a striker, so playing him in a three-man strike force I don't think works, but the three of them with him somewhere in the midfield, and when you've got such a, you know, your sport for choice and you have so many good players, it's hard to fit everybody in, but that's definitely what I'd been doing, and it just seems that at the moment that uh, his hand's been forced and he has played that, and I think they look better, but... Uh, yeah, the victory were good for a point as well, and it was a, a real great game. Yeah, look, I think in the end, a, a draw was a, a fair result. I think both both teams played really well. Um, you know, how good is it having a, a derby, you know, five games into the season where there is a bit of a storyline, there's a bit of form, you know, City coming off, uh, they've, they've, they haven't won every game, they've had a few losses. Victory, you know, building under this popper, popper style, um, so it was just good. It was good to see a great game of football, decent crowd down there, and you know it was a game that had everything. Like you said, goals, four goals, red cards, uh, big challenges, um, goalkeepers giving assists. So just it just had it had everything. It's funny you say 
the story the storyline. So my favourite story of, of all that is uh, just quickly is around that um, obviously J Max is a superstar for City, but his sister works for Victory. Uh, and so when he first came back and he had nowhere to stay, she was walking around the house, I believe, in Victory um, pajamas. I think she offered him a pair too. So I think if there's if there's any greater story, and they're close as well. So there like I said, it just goes to show. It doesn't matter if your brother's one of the star players of the league and, and a City boy. If you're a Victory, you're the dark blue, then you just you stick to your alliances. But uh, look, Victory are definitely a quality outfit. Uh, Margiotta got a, a set, uh, set, settled in already, and he scored his second goal. And like I said, there's just everybody else around there that seemed to be doing their job and knowing what Popper expects from him and wanting to, to fight harder for Popper. PK will be filthy with the way they conceded the equaliser after fighting back from 1-0 down. Goalkeeper clears, and then all of a sudden, one pass, one flick on, and you've got uh, D'Agostino, not the fastest player in the world, one-on-one with the keeper. And look, you know, uh, definitely Glover should have done better. You need a stronger yeah. hand there. And look, he is a great keeper. He's done great things for them last year. Uh, but this year, unfortunately, in this derby, he should have got a stronger hand to that, and it should have been 2-1 <laughs> to, yeah, uh, lead still it, it to, to City. A very strange goal, like a, a clearance. I don't know if, if the back four had just stepped up a bit and taken their eyes off the ball or, you know, were looking the other way. I don't, I don't know what happened, but ball goes in behind. Uh, D'Agostino runs onto it. Curtis Goods caught, caught a bit. Uh, I think uh, Roston Griffiths was, was out of the picture as well. And then Glover, you you would expect him to make a, a, a save there, you know, a strong. Got he got down well with his left hand, but um, couldn't couldn't keep the ball out. Yeah, look, uh, only good things to come from both these teams for the rest of the year, and they're enjoyable to watch. So hopefully, like I said, we look forward to the next time they play, and in, until then, uh, hopefully they bring the standard up of the opponents they're playing against because both sides are going 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 well. Yeah, definitely. So the first of the two Sunday games, Macarthur Bulls two. Newcastle Jets won. I don't know how. Uh, Arthur Pappas and co. will be gutted. 75% possession against 10 men for three quarters of a game. They had 21 shots. But uh, unfortunately for them, even with uh, the Bulls losing Curto 13 minutes in, maybe it was just the weight of him getting our Player of the Month last week. Our uh, GK chef gave him he our... He just couldn't handle it. Yeah, he just gave him our Player of the Month and he's gone, you know what? That's the best thing I've ever been, I've ever received. And so for me, I've just lost focus and I've come running out and uh, and struck the, the Jets player. But uh, look, the Bulls will still be smiling. When you're down against a team who last week won 4-0, won handsomely, uh, found a little bit of confidence and you've got you've lost your goalkeeper who's been the best player in the league so far this year... You you kind of maybe just go well. Let's just shut up let's shop a bit here, and we'll just take we'll, we'll take one point. We'll throw two points away here, but let's not lose momentum. Instead, these guys have fought to the death um, and yeah. snatched a two one win. Yeah, it looks goes to show that Macarthur the real deal this season. Um, you know, Curto getting sent off after what was it thirteen minutes? Eighteen. Eighteen. All right, eighteen minutes. You, you, you think yeah they would pack up pack up shop and and call it a day and and play for the draw, but. They kept coming. They kept they kept going at, at Newcastle. Um, I thought Danny De Silva was great. Scored a yeah, scored a great great goal. Uh, great great wing play from Noon. Great ball in and, and a terrific volley. And he stood tech- up. He stood up when he needed to be a vicious volley and then, uh, and then he then delivered the, assist, the cross the for Meredith's winner. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Look, the defending wasn't wasn't great on that. I think you know just you got to mark your man from a from a set piece. You need to be close to your man. You need to mark your man. And um, I don't know who it was, but they just lost their lost their player and Meredith snuck in at the back post there. Look, I think it's a big year for Daniel De Silva because he was very good at the Mariners without a finished product. So he was he probably beat more players on the pitch than anybody else, but he just couldn't get that finished wasn't, product. Wasn't scoring or went, creating as many assists. W- yeah, so. went to Sydney 
And when he was at Sydney, he looked out of out, a fish out of water. He just looked like he didn't settle in very well, hence why he, he didn't get as much start time as he wanted. Went back to the Mariners and was very good again. So, okay, in a team that's you know, obviously got not as many stars and there's less pressure, he's now gone to a Bulls team that has a lot of big names around him. And without, on the weekend, you know, uh, Davia, without a few other big names, I think uh, they were also missing Tommy, Tommy Urich Tommy still. Urich, yep. He goes, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and be a bit player. I'm going to stand up here and, and win this game for my football team. So, look, I thought he was fantastic. I also thought on the losing team, um, unfortunately, there had to be a loser on the day, but um, Mikel Tatsa uh, again, uh, his delightful free kick. Um, now that he's found his scoring form, who knows what he's capable of this year, and he could be a very important player for what the Jets can achieve this year. Yeah, look, I, I think he could be one of the finds of the season um, in terms of imports. Um, so, you know... Let's hope he scores more goals, creates more assists, but he's, he's got a great technique. So I'm um, looking forward to watching him the rest of the season. And moving on to the last game of the round, this if this was Jason Derulo doing the intro to this, he would have said, get ugly. This is Sydney FC versus Phoenix. And let's be honest, no disrespect to either side. They've both been ugly this year. Sydney hadn't won a game. I think Phoenix may have, but I don't know how after their 4-0 uh, hiding last week. But uh, Sydney ran out 2-1 winners. Important for Sydney to get three points on the board, but the Phoenix are really struggling. Yeah, look, it was just job done for Sydney. Um, you know, nothing special, but scored scored a goal in each half. Um, Alfie back on the score sheet, which is which is good for them, which I knew was going to happen because, by the way, I took him out of my fantasy team. So, <laughs> of course he did. Of course he was going <laughs> to score. So you can you can thank me for that, Alfie. Um, but yeah, just job done by Sydney. But Wellington were never really in the game. Um, you know, they're, they're becoming easy beats at the moment. I hate to say it, but. Um, you know that they're going to fall into that trap where yes they're away from home that they're not back in new zealand um but they, they need to be better well the only good news for the phoenix is if they release uh at christmas how not to defend it'll be a bestseller it'll yep. make them a lot of money because the can sober unmarked on the six yard box criminal yeah alfie's goal the defending was so poor the ball was under hit by uh caceres who came plow- yeah came plowing through the middle and he still somehow found a way of going okay let's let's uh, defend by paint by numbers and he somehow missed the ball and allowed Alfie which you don't want to do the chance to smash it past uh, sale to make it 2-0 but at the moment they're they're um, really out of sorts this will really test all fuck I know he's lost a lot of quality so you don't want to make excuses for coaches but he's lost uh, Davia he's lost Tom Ahmed lost Stephen Taylor uh, uh, Cameron Devlin yeah. who was you know heart and soul of their midfield so look he's going through a rebuild stage I hope obviously the Phoenix um, stick with him because he, they were really good last year and played a great brand of football and yep. had a great season. But at the moment, they're very hard Look, on the eye. I think I think they need to bring some players in if they can, um, and then they need to go back. The first couple of games of the season, they were hard to break down. They were defending in lines. They were compact. But I think they've sort of gone away away from that a bit. And it looks like to me that the players don't know you know don't know the structure or they're not keeping to the to the structure. And they've got a lot of young players, no real leaders in that team. So, you know, it could be a long a long season for the Phoenix. Okay, that's the end of our Revolution Roundup. And uh, speaking of, I suppose, uh, the Phoenix, up next in our player escape room is uh, Wellington Phoenix and Newcastle United superstar Stephen Taylor, who they could definitely do with at the moment. So uh, after the break, I, I suppose we'll put a few questions to him about the Phoenix as well as a few other things. But uh, we'll speak to you after the break.
You're listening to the Football Revolution. Up now in the player escape room is a man who not only made over 200 appearances for PL Giants Newcastle United, but we were fortunate enough to watch him in the A-League for a few seasons with the Wellington Phoenix. Please welcome to the show, legendary, now retired defender, Stephen Taylor. G'day, mate. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Mate, uh, how are you spending your days now? Now that you don't have football, football, football 24-7, what are you doing with yourself in Dubai? Uh, all the time, every day from about seven o'clock on the beach, uh, doing a lot of clients now uh, with fitness stuff and uh, coaching as well in the nighttime. So it's been uh, a new uh, transition for me, but uh, really good, obviously, get enjoy the heat and uh, a lot of time on the jet skis as well. Oh, wow. A bit jealous, but uh, so a long way away from uh, your, your time back in the UK, a very far distance. It is. And I think we obviously what's happening there now, the new uh, takeover, richest uh, club in the world, but it's nice to get back, see friends and family, but for me being uh, out here, working a lot, so it's, uh, what I want to do is keep busy, so uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm in Dubai at the moment. Mate, you're still young and playing well, at, at, and you're still playing well at 35. Why'd you hang up the boots? With all these, the COVID, I think with the uh, restrictions, with not knowing what's going to happen, uh, I had six quarantines. Uh, that was enough for me, I think, going into another uncertainty of what's going to happen. No one actually told me exactly what's going to happen. Um, and at the time, you know, with Wellington, it was at the end of this season, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I didn't have that kind of security. So for me, this opportunity came ar- around and I think it was a good time. I think after 11 games unbeaten with Wellington, I think it was a good time to finish on a high instead of maybe go- going on maybe too long. So uh, for me, I think I did the right decision at the right time. You definitely went out on a high. So uh, Newcastle have hogged the headlines lately. Uh, like I said, you're a big star back at Newcastle United. Would you have appointed Eddie Howes and who would you recruit? It's a difficult one. I really do think the uh, manager now is going to have to take a lot of, uh, you'll get a lot of criticism coming his way because he, what he's done now is he's inherited past two managers which have been more defensive. And I think with his philosophy, he wants to be more attacking and uh, maybe ball possession. He wants to try and control. But when you're in a dogfight, at the bottom of the league, you're going to have to kind of just grind results out, get results. Doesn't matter what pretty football, um, and he's going to have to find a way now. And thankfully, we've got our first win of the season against Burnley. So hopefully, we can kick on. It's attracting now the top players in January, but you need to get the right players. I think it's the key. You got to understand the culture in Newcastle. You know, you're going to get some top stars who want to come for the money. But you got to make sure it's the right fit for the football club. And I think it's getting the right players with the Premiership experience going into the final, you know, a few months of the season where it, we're in a relegation fight. Make no mistake about it. So uh, they've got to come and be ready for it. Yeah, some interesting times ahead. And uh, obviously for all Geordie fans, they're hoping that uh, they can get the, the right uh, results and the right players in before the end of the season to avoid the, the drop to the dreaded, dreaded championship. Yeah, listen, it's, it's not nice at the moment. The ownership was all talk. Everyone, the, the atmosphere is back. And that's what we'll be missing for many years now. And I think... It's nice to have uh, you know, our football club back in hopefully good hands now and we can kick on. But listen, it ain't going to happen overnight. We all know that. But the main uh, thing is survival this season. Survival and then we build after that. But the whole structure from the academy into the first team uh, facility, that all has to get addressed and looked into as well. And hopefully we'll start building something special there. But it's going to take time. Uh, you can hear the passion even in your voice and it's been a few seasons since you've been there. So I think uh, the Premier League would be poorer for no Newcastle. So fingers crossed. Do you miss the A-League and the Phoenix? Absolutely. You know, I loved the, uh, since I first went out there, you know, everyone was saying what it's going to be like and I absolutely loved it. 
been in a, a club which is an under underdog football club in Wellington Phoenix and for many years at the bottom and it was nice to get out there and uh, you know change the mentality and mindset I think with the ownerships upstairs and they probably didn't have that kind of winning mentality and um, I think on the pitch we had a bunch of lads you know no disrespect to the lads I think at the time it was like a, bun- a bunch of misfits together which worked and got us into the playoffs and uh, you know it was, it was great to be around that and it gave me as one prolong my career and being out there around the hungry you know the Kiwis the Australian lads and seen it grow as well I think Australian football's definitely improved and I think you uh, you look at the, uh, the Socceroos and you know, they're definitely getting better as well. So for me, I loved it out there. It was great competition. Every game I went into, it was never a game where you thought it was easy. So that was a good thing. And I've, obviously, I've got to thank a lot of the lads who I've played against as well out there. So it's good. Look, I, I got a message back from uh, the Wellington boys. So I spoke to them before we uh, we got online with you, and they reckon that uh, your boots are too big to feel on and off the pitch. So they're going to be oh, sending. They're going to they're going to be auditioning for a long time before they can get someone to take over from Stephen Taylor. To be fair, that's what happens when you pay them a few quid and they say something nice. So uh, thankfully, uh, no. listen, we've got a great bunch of lads there. It's a small uh, small group of players and uh, I really do hope we do well this year. It's um, a young group this year. Uh, they've got some experienced players in there. The likes of Hoops and Bawley. Uh, I hope they can kick on. You know, I really do with Uffy there as well, who's been different class. And um, you know, I've got to thank him as well because he understood the decision when I were going to retire and um, I think, yeah, I do. I think massive things for the manager there. I think he'll do uh, Europe one one day, and uh, yeah, the Phoenix are in good hands. Well, I think you've shown them the path. So you've shown them that you uh, retire at the top of your game when you're still young, and then you move over to Dubai and sit in the sunshine at the beach. So I think if anyone's shown them the perfect way to play and then how to it's retire, it's been you. It's, yeah, it is. It's a perfect blueprint. No, to be fair, like I, I did say to the lads, listen, I'll still watch the games whether I'm on a jet ski, um, <laughs> I'll find a in a cabana somewhere. No, I wouldn't say the cabana, more on the yacht next to the Burj, but it's uh, it's nice just to chill out there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> All right, mate, life. we've given you a bit of a warm-up and uh, I think you're, you're ready to play. So we'd like to play one of our first two games with you that we call Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Balls. Are you ready? Let's do it, yeah. Let's go, Vidge. All right, name one player you wish you'd played with before retiring. Ronaldo. Why is that? He's a, well, one of the best in the world. I think I uh, played against him. I wish I played with him. I think uh, to see what he's like day to day and seeing his routine, I think, uh, yeah, one person I would love to uh, play with. How'd you go against him that day? Uh, he caught my elbow in a game of St. James Park. And uh, I think we got a draw that game, 2-2. Um, if it was Ryan Taylor mistake, try to chest the, uh, the ball back. And yeah, we conceded near the end. But we gave him a good run uh, for the money of St. James that day. Your memory is unbelievable. He knows everything. You could tell us what happened in the 12th minute of that game too, couldn't you? Oh, early doors. No, we had a few titles. Didn't like it. So he, he's definitely a player that uh, if if, uh, if things don't work out at uh, United that uh, you'd be suggesting Newcastle go in for? Uh, got a couple of years left uh, in him? Listen, I think with uh, with Newcastle, I think if we can get someone that kind of calibre, someone with the standards that he sets, you know, you've got to look at players of that kind of person who's going to come to the football club, benefit the uh, the players. And you don't want to be bringing players in with massive characters about them uh, who are just going to come for the money. You've got to get hungry players for the Premier League. Ideally, at this moment in time, Premiership experience. But I think with the uh, the Ronaldo kind of attitude and want to be better uh, doing the extras, there's not many foreigners I've played with do the extras. And uh, I think that sets the example down to the young lads. 
Brilliant. All right, next question. If you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? Uh, the off, I think the offsides on there. I just think the um, yeah, the bit suspect amount of decisions I see uh, with some of the offsides that there's too many grey areas. Uh, the VAR as well. I'll probably say the VAR actually. VAR. Get rid of VAR. Get rid of the uh, the blue line, red line. Well, yeah, I think you look at lads, especially the strikers. When they score goals, I don't know if it's going to be allowed. Celebrations, you're killing the kind of game. When I first fell in love with the game as a young lad, and that's you're going to have uh, you know comments after game is was it a goal was it not a goal i prefer that to uh waiting for a decision Look, we're heading down the path where and, and this is one of my bugbears too Stephen. so where we're going to get to the stage where you score the winner and you get home you get a text saying mate actually it wasn't it was a nil nil draw because they've taken the goal off you two hours after the game <laughs> it's like so oh, delayed no it is and it, it isn't it's going to become a game like a basketball you can't touch people you know early doors after the first five ten seconds you want to go and nail someone early doors and that you've got to be very careful what you can do there's so much of what you can what you can't do and football's losing that kind of uh, you know that the, bit of fakeness and the dark arts are, are gone you can't uh, step on a player's toe anymore or, or do anything like that yeah or kick him in the nuts you can't do that anymore <laughs> so it's uh, of a nightmare, mate. We're starting to see now why Stephen retires. Not because he was going too good. It was a combination it was of that. The VAR, and, uh, yeah, because yeah, the VAR came in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I right. kills you. Last question: uh, If a genie granted you one wish, what would it be? Or has it already happened? It may have already happened based on how things are going for you <laughs> over in Dubai. No, I'm li- listen. I'm still living the dream. I'll uh, just keep enjoying myself. That's all I do. I wake up every day. I'm a lucky lad. So I've lived the dream, and uh, if I can help the next generation, absolutely, it'd be great. Well said, mate. So uh, you passed that with Flying Colours. So let's move on to our second game, which is our version of the card game, uh, you know. It's called Nuno. Basically, we'll ask you seven questions. There'll be two options for each. You just tell us which is more applicable to you as quickly as you can. Uh, when you get mm-hmm. to the end of the sixth question, you call out Nuno to avoid any penalty questions. You answer your seventh, and uh, then we'll grill you a bit and t- see how you went. Okay. You ready to play? Do it. Ready to go. All right. Uh, snow or sand? Sand. Home cooking or Uber Eats? Uber Eats. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Follow your head or heart? Heart. Comedy or action movies? Comedy. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Uno. Ooh, flat white or long black? Long black. Stop it there. Look at that. Very good. 26 seconds. Not quite the best. Ooh. The best at the moment Uh He's 25-17, so, but not bad, but considering yeah, that you are... Five seconds to ask the question. Considering you're on the beach, no, 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 considering that was you're on quick, the beach we're going to put it down to you, mate. We're going to put it down to your lag time. <laughs> oh, that will do that, mate. There's a signal as well, mate, by the time I answer. So it's the Must Dubai be a signal. signal. Must be. Let's touch on a couple of these. So uh, home cooking or Uber Eats? Obviously, uh, Uber Eats is now because you've retired. Is that correct? Yeah, and obviously, by the time I finish, it's easier to do that. We've got every... You know, the restaurants out here are incredible, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's different class. My cooking skills aren't the best as well. I'm limited. Very dry foods. I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't really make much more than chicken fajitas. To be fair, that's kind of my signature dish. So uh, Uber Eats, get whatever I want that way. And yeah, it's, it's actually healthy out here. Very very healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I was going to say basically, if they keep coming and serving you, that these guys want to work more shifts so they can come and see the star players. That's what I'd be doing too. You just work out what nights they're ordering and make sure they're the shifts that you're on. It's not bad, me. Yeah. Comedy, so comedy movies. What's your favourite? Yeah, listen, I like, uh, I do like Hall Pass. Um, I do like my 
my funny uh, movies. I don't like the serious stuff, so uh, always like have a bit of a laugh. Rom-coms up your alley or no? Not really. I'll be honest with you. Not really. No, that's not my... <laughs> I didn't think the tough man from Newcastle was going to be into rom-coms. <laughs> long, <laughs> long Black, is this, uh, is this something that you picked up when you were in New Zealand or when you relocated yeah. to Australia during the... Definitely yeah. not from the UK. No, definitely not. Listen, when you're in New Zealand, they love the coffee out there, especially in the morning with Paulie and Hoops, always ice long black for me. Um, and since I've come out here as well, every day, four or five a day, ice long blacks, and uh, that's my uh, yeah, my coffee. Mate, uh, I, I don't know what sort of response I'll get here, but I'd kick myself if I didn't ask. So uh, I've really been enjoying watching Sunland Till I Die. Is it something you've yeah. watched or being a, a, a black and white through and through? You can't yeah, you bleed black and white. Have you watched I'll, it? Yeah, I watched it, and to be fair, it was it was enjoyable for me. You know, seeing the Mackums crying, um, <laughs> but, but, and having face like slap backsides, and it just just proves my point. So um, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad. He's I watched, watched, I reckon he's watched it a few times. <laughs> a few times, I've got to repeat it. Again, rewind. Pause. Happy days, uh, mate. We did have a couple of questions that would have been the penalty questions if uh, if you hadn't said uh, Nuno after the six. So I'll ask those two quickly for you: Ferrari or Lamborghini? Ferrari. Why? Uh, when I was a young kid at school, I always thought to be a professional footballer and uh, need to get a Ferrari. So when I was 24, I bought myself a Ferrari uh, 430 and uh, that's when I thought, I think I've made it now. What Pro- colour? It was red. I thought, got to be red when you get a Ferrari. <laughs> I bet you've seen some nice ones uh, flying around the Dubai streets. There's one or two, to be fair. You see a lot of Bugattis out here and... Uh, I think everywhere you go, especially um, downtown near the uh, Khalifa around there, you've got a lot of uh, the big Jeeps out here. Loving the, the big Jeeps, to be fair. Everywhere you go, Lambos everywhere. Yeah, it's nice. If you're into your cars, it's not a bad place to be. Oh, look, I love the red Ferraris too, but to be honest, it's probably, they're the sorts of cars where any colour looks good. You see these orange, if they were any other car or the yellow or that, it look, they look rubbish, but on a Ferrari or a Lambo, they look <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and- see if I could see... I can see you in a red one. I think it's a bit of you that. <laughs> Adidas or Nike? Uh, Nike. Since I was 14 years old, I've been sponsored by Nike and uh, they've always looked after us. So, Are they still uh, sponsoring you now? No, funny enough, because I'm with uh, Elite. I'm sponsored by Adidas. First time, <laughs> but before the, the outfits, hence why I'm always Nike. I've changed Adidas straight into my Nike gear again. I love it. Mate, the, the best thing you can be in, in the world is a chameleon, mate. You just got to move with the times. And uh, if you're over there in Dubai, you just roll with it. That's it, mate. You got to enjoy life, mate. And I think uh, out here, I'm definitely doing that. All right, mate. Uh, we thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure for us having one of the legends of the uh, Premier League and a star of the A-League on the show. We thank you for your time. We wish you all the best uh, with your, not only with your, your personal training, but uh, with your, your coaching Hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll see you back uh, over in England coaching at some sort of level because I think there's a lot for you to give back to the game and I think a lot of players will benefit from that. So until then, enjoy the beaches in Dubai, enjoy the fast cars and enjoy the Uber Eats and uh, we'd love to check in with you later on in the uh, season and uh, see how things are getting on. Absolutely, guys. Look after yourself. Thanks for having me. You're listening to The Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It was great chatting with uh, PL and A-League legend Stephen Taylor. Up now, we welcome back to the lineup for the first time this season on the ball, where VIG and I play a quiz to get to know the A-League stars, and uh, one of us will take bragging rights to know more about the players that uh, we watch week in, week out. So do you want to toss a coin? Do you want to kick off? What do you want to do, VIG? Look, I'll, I'll let you go first. 
Okay. You, you reckon you've got a surprise for me, so I'll, I'll let you go first. I do have a surprise. I, I did actually chuck you a bit of a curveball and told, tell you I was going to do a player and I've actually changed just in case I do trust you, but just in case you read up on it, I don't think you need any help because I'm absolutely rubbish at this and sometimes I don't even have the right information. But uh, I'll give it my best. Sometimes you just have to go out there and put in a shift and even if it doesn't turn out for you, at least you earn your money. So the player I've chosen is talented Portuguese new Melbourne victory recruit Roderick Jefferson Concarves Miranda, better known as Roderick. I think they've made it really simple for us here in the A-League and said just call him Roderick so that everyone like myself doesn't butcher his name. We just call him Rod. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rodo. That's what I'm saying. If it was Aussie, we just make him, we just abbreviate Rodo. it and make it short. He's a six foot four centre back born in Odevelas, Portugal. He scored on his debut in the opening game of the A-League season in a 1-0 win over Western United in the derby. So he started uh, the season very well. I don't think he's played every single game, but I think uh, in the games he has, uh, the victory have been very hard to score against. So um, the way it will work is uh, usually there's three of us, but because uh, there's just me and uh, my, my padre over here, we'll just ask each other three questions with multiple choice. Um, which made it a little bit harder because sometimes trying to work out. So you're going to get four answers, not just one now. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, um, so you get the four. You'll get three questions, uh, four multiple choice for each for each question, and whoever ends up on the highest score uh, will get the bragging rights to our on the ball. Can I phone a friend? No, you can't phone a friend. I but gonna, uh, I was going to call PK. Yeah, and I don't think <laughs> I don't think if you called Stephen Taylor back in. Uh, in the he's on, uh, in he's, on a, he's on a sunbed now. Hundred so percent. He switched off already. He's already ordered his lunch, so uh, you're, you're no chance of getting hold of him. But uh, yeah, look, what happens if we do come? If we, somehow it ends up in a, a stalemate, nil-nil draw, it's the boringest affair ever, or it's a three-three draw. How do we decide it? We just take a point each, and we move on to next week. I was going to say, there's no possible way I'm drawing with you. If, if you if you <laughs> get off the mark, I think I'm done. But uh, anyway, all right. So the first question I have about our um, my, my player, which is Roderick, the new Melbourne Victory star centre-back, the Portuguese international. He represented Portugal at the 2011 Under-20s FIFA World Cup in Colombia. He was often partnered in the heart of defence with current A-League star Nuno Reyes. Where did they finish in that FIFA World Cup? Was it A, winners, B, runners-up, C, losing quarter-finalists, or D, didn't make the knockout stage? Uh, I'm going to say didn't make the knockout stage. Uh-oh. Oh. Incorrect. The correct answer is B, runners-up. Very good. All so right. good for him that you weren't the one making a decision on where they finished because they would have been home right. pretty uh, much look, halfway through the tournament and uh, packed their bags. I, I, but, didn't uh, have, I didn't have much faith, and I... I you know, I don't think the well, I, I didn't think that the Portuguese were you know that good at youth at youth level or had had made a final. So very good. I think it also highlights which I never knew before that uh, Nuno Reyes and him have both played. So he probably had a big say in uh, Roderick moving to the A League because he would have probably sounded out him or he'd been crazy not to and asked his former uh, you know youth international teammate uh, what's it like playing in Australia and he would have said fantastic and uh, away he is and the rest is history. So he's, uh, he's probably said come come to Melbourne Victory. They're a shit team, <laughs> right? Because going on last year, yeah. he's probably thinking, "Look, this victory—they're hopeless. Come and play for them." You live in live in live in Melbourne, great city, but you can uh, play for Victory, who are a rubbish club. And then after the weekend's uh, fantastic derby, uh, it goes to show that it was a smart move for him. Now that he's under Popper, okay. So you're on a big duck egg at the moment. So moving on to question number two. Roderick played a large portion of his career in Portugal, not surprisingly, being a Portuguese background. But for a few seasons between 2017 and 2021, he made 17 appearances for which current Premier League club? A, Southampton, 
Manchester City, C, Wolverhampton Wolves, Wanderers, or D, Norwich City? 17 appearances, Southampton, Man City, Wolves, or Norwich City? I'm going to go with Wolves because they have a bit of a Portuguese connection. That is correct. So, oh, go on. Yeah, you are correct. It, it was Wolves. And uh, like I said, you look at the team and there's a lot of... Um, They've got a lot of Portuguese. Uh, yeah, uh, they Ruben, do. Ruben Neves, uh, Trincao's there now, on loan from Barca. So. And uh, I think Nuno, previous coach before he ended up at Spurs and did a fantastic job, he was there too. So yeah, look, I did probably give it away, but I thought it was a really interesting fact about him. So I'm happy to uh, to gift you a tap in there and, and give you a 1-0 lead. Take the point. And the last question I have for you about our my player on, on the ball is in the 2013-2014 season, he received a runners-up medal in the UEFA Europa League with Benfica. Which team beat them? A, Chelsea, B, Atletico Madrid, C, Sevilla, or D, Inter Milan? Well... I feel like a bit of Eddie Maguire here now when we have is. to give him a little choice. Yeah. yeah. Can I find a friend, Eddie? No, nah, a bit of suspense here, no. Um... Survey says no. Okay, then. Well, (laughs) I'm going to have to do this myself. Um, I am going to go with Sevilla. I think they are... Incorrect. So They win the the Europa League every year, don't they? They do, and that's why I put that team in, because I knew this would be a beautiful trick shot for you. So I I won't tell you who it was, but you can work it out yourself. Torres in the 60th and Ivanovic in the 93rd. So is that Atletico Madrid? Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, Torres and Vanovic. Yeah, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Mate. Chelsea. Okay. You, you, oh, oh, even, even you, you couldn't have even got half a point for that because you didn't sorry. even know who I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was Chelsea. It was a 2-1 win in uh, stoppage time. So a bit devastating for Benfica, but uh, good news for the blue half of or quarter or whatever you want to call them, third of London. So Chelsea won that 1-2-1. One, one. So my star player uh, we had today was um, Roderick from, Man- uh, from Melbourne City. Um, and you've only ended up with one out of three. So I just need one to draw. Two to win. Two or three to smash you. Yeah, good luck. Who have you got? Well, this is a player that's um, the last couple of weeks really taken centre stage for the Newcastle Jets. It's uh, the little Georgian Becca Mikultadze. A bit of a tongue twister. but um, No, you're fantastic he, at he's, that. He's been, he's been a standout um, import this year, I think. Uh, been playing really well. Uh, can create goals. Um, and can score goals. I think he scored four already. So he's in a good form, scored a, a great free kick on the weekend. So I did a bit of a, a digging into his career and uh, I've got a couple of questions for you now. So ready to go? Mate, it's no it's no, um, no surprise why you got him and I got uh, Roderick. Just a lot easier for me to pronounce one name than... Uh, than Mikul Tadze. Mikul Tadze, yeah, but anyway. Well, it gets, it gets <laughs> harder. It's, it's harder to pronounce the city that he lives in. That's and, right. the, and the capital of Georgia, Tbilisi. All right, let me let me follow my sword here and uh, see if I can get something out of this uh, on the ball. All right, so he, he grew up in in Russia. Oh no, sorry, in Georgia, in a, in a town called uh, Kutaisi. Um, a lot of Georgian players, like they do, they go on to to play in Russia. Um, so my first question is: Which club in Russia did Becca Mikultadze play for? Was it A. Zenit Saint Petersburg? Was it B, CSKA Moscow? Was it C, Ruben Kazan? Or D, Dynamo Moscow? I'm going to say A. Do you even know what, what that was? I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but, but I knew it when you said it. So. All right. So, so that's the only one you know out of, out of the four. No, I know all Zen, four. Zenit St. Petersburg. No, I know, I know all of them, but Zenit St. Petersburg used to have Hulk, didn't they? And, they did. And so on. But I, look, yep. I've heard of all those clubs, but... Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's who I would have gone for. Bum, bum. <sighs> Incorrect. Was it, was it C? It was C, Ruben Kazan. That was the two choices. Okay, yeah. yep. Oh, great. All right. So the, the two Moscow clubs you ruled out straight away. Yep. And you went, you went Zenit with the, the more familiar. All right. So still on Duck Egg? Yep. All okay. Right. All right. Very good. One nil still you. Uh, so like I said, he was born in a town called Kutaisi in Georgia. How many kilometers is Kutaisi from the capital, Tbilisi? <laughs> I like my geography questions. I don't. Ooh, it's multiple anyway. choice, so <laughs> yeah, you've got a okay. chance here. Yeah, I'm a one in four. I'm so getting it wrong. <laughs> a, a, 1,207 kilometers. B, 229 kilometers. C, 563 kilometers. And D, 126 kilometers. 563. C. I don't even know if George is 563 kilometers long, no. but you're wrong. Okay. What was it? It was 229. Was that A or B? That was B. Okay, Small. great. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> so, I'm, look, look. the best you can do now is a draw. I'm just hoping that uh, – I'm just glad for Mikel Tats there that his form is better than mine. So, uh, that's probably better news for the Jets fans than me beating you here, which it was is. never going to happen. But uh, I've just come in the market from $1.85 for the draw now to blow out to about $17 for the draw. But anyway, fire away with question number oh, three. Question number three. So, he's played in, in his, his native country, Georgia. He's played in Cyprus. Played in Russia and now in Australia as well. Um, which club has he scored the most goals for? So A, Dinamo Tbilisi. B, Famagusta in Cyprus. C, Ruben Kazan. Or four, oh, D, sorry, Newcastle Jets. B. Famagusta. Yeah, Famagusta. Cyprus. Yes. Close. Not close, close enough. But not close enough. What was the answer? It was A. So it was in his in his native uh, in the Georgian league for uh, Dinamo Tbilisi. Oh yeah, great. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, he's he's played the most games there. Scored okay. the most goals. So, so. Uh, on the ball was back. You winning was just a foregone conclusion and uh, not surprising to anybody. But congratulations, mate. I'm a good sport. So one nil win to you. Uh, hopefully next time I can uh, I can bounce back or maybe just ask you some harder questions. But anyway, that's the end of our on the ball for this week. To, you're gonna have to dig a little deeper, I think. I think I will too. I think just dig, dig somewhere into the backyard, maybe, and bury myself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so up now is our clinical finish. So firstly, our weekly Tom Ahmed Award. Um, it might have been it was named after you originally, but it might also be named after you, considering you came back from uh, Byron this week and you told me you had a couple of good nights out. So maybe you were the Tom Mohammed Award. But uh, this is our award for best shot or hit, etc. Um, not much to choose from last week. It was really, really difficult. But this week's sport for choice. So the three to choose from are your guests or your the player that you chose for on the ball, Mikkel Tetzer, uh, De, De Silva's uh, fantastic volley, or Basanic's uh, celebration of his hundredth game with a, a bit of a homing missile from uh, just outside the box, the free kick. Oh God! Um, look, all, all three three great goals. Um, the two free kicks, great free kicks. Great technique um, at, at important times in the game as well. Uh, you know, sealed it for, for Central Coast. Um, oh, God. But just for, for me, the the play, that the lead-up play to Danny De Silva's goal, um, great wing play by Craig Noon, great ball in, and the technique of that to hit that on the volley um, and just rocket it into the net, um, I'm going to go with Danny De Silva's goal. 
Yeah, I, I agree and pay that. So winner of this week's week, uh, weekly Tom Ahmed Award goes to the MacArthur Bulls, Daniel De Silva, who not only scored a cracker but stood up when it counted and got them three points that could be very important at the, uh, the end of the business end of the season. So moving on to this week's key games, uh, you've told me there's no games until Boxing Day. So the two games that stand out for me are the Western United versus Victory Derby um, being the pick of the bunch. I think they'll be a cracking game considering Victory have just come off uh, a great two-two uh, draw. Well, it can't be a great two-two draw. <laughs> he lost points, but it was a, it was a very very strong performance by them against a very good um, City last year's champions. And Western United now have come off four one-nil wins, so it will be a really really tough contest, and it will, I think we'll give them a fair gauge of where both teams are at. Um, and then a really important game for Robinson and uh, the Wanderers against the Jets this week because I think that uh, could almost be curtains for him. Um, he may not last uh, until the new year. so yeah. well, He that, might not last the weekend. We, we don't know what's going to unfold the rest of the week. But um, if he does last to the weekend, uh, they need to win that football game. Otherwise, you know, I think his, his days are numbered. Yeah, he'll be the first uh, unfortunate for him, but uh, the first... Uh, a league coach to probably be shown the door and it'll be interesting to see who they bring in especially with uh, you know so many coaches floating around not sure what they're doing with the world we live in these days but uh, only time will tell so moving on to our fantasy updates so previously last round I had 78 I made no changes I'm not sure I actually fielded a side this week because Tavia, Yangi, Davidson, Elsie to name a few didn't play and this week, it was actually, I hardly even had enough chicken feed. I only scored 32 points, so I couldn't even have fed the chooks. But uh, that gives me a grand total of 369, so not a great week. But I'm hoping it did enough just to keep me ahead of you. You did, you did. So I, um, I've only, I think I only got 44 points, grand total of 345. Um, look, the, the curse, the, the fantasy curse continues because <laughs> I, uh, I subbed Philip Curto in. Sent off after 18 minutes. Um, I did. I did bring in Daniel Pena from uh, Newcastle Jets, who did quite well for me. Got 11 points, um, but also had J Mac up top, uh, red card there, so lost a few points with that one. Um, and I also brought in uh, Marco Urania from Central Coast, who did all right for me. So my the players I brought in did did quite well, but um, there, there were some players that uh, just fell away, fell away. So I think Reese Williams minus two points. Um, you know, J Mac only only got seven points, and he was my captain. So I probably would have doubled that if he didn't get sent off. Um, and, and you know, such such late in the game, um, kind of disappointing. Also had Ryan Grant in. I thought he may may have started, but um, still not completely fully fit. So um, he got a bit a few minutes at the end, but um, yeah, didn't start for me. I was going to say back to the drawing board for me, but uh, look, I don't really need a game plan when I'm playing a team worse than me. As long as you keep uh, putting in performances like that, as long as I keep just holding ground, I'll end up beating you at the end of the day. I, I, I did take, uh, <laughs> I did take, yeah, that's true. And I, I did take uh, Adam LaFondro out of the team and he did score on the weekend. So um, when you're playing the bottom team every week, I'm a good chance of getting something out of it. So um, that's it. All right, if uh, they missed the show or they want to catch up on any of the previous, uh, this is our fifth fifth episode of the fifth season? Fifth episode, yep. Where do they go? Where they, can they listen to it? They can listen on Football Nation Radio or their platforms and also on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. We thank very much our superstar guest, Stephen Taylor. We have more big name guests coming up coming up in the, uh, the future episodes, but... Uh, 
Yeah, look, no no football until Boxing Day, but uh, we wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoy this week and, uh, and Christmas Day with the family, and uh, we'll touch base again with you next week. Thanks for joining the show, and until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution.